Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you. Father, we pray now that everything done and said today will be to your glory and to the upbuilding of your kingdom. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. All right, so it's not a good joke, but y'all can laugh, make me feel better, it'd be all right. So a, a rabbit, a priest, and a monk walk into a bar. And the bartender asks the rabbit, what will you have? And the rabbit says, well, I don't know. The only reason I'm here is because of a typo. <clears throat> like I said, it was not a very good joke. Some folks got it quicker than others. It's okay. I <laughs> love all of you. All right, so uh, um, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We talked about um, being a, a good giver, right, a couple of weeks. And, in, in <clears throat> I, I, you know... How God works is amazing, but I woke up Monday preaching this sermon. Um, like, I dreamt about it the whole, t- the whole night. I preached this sermon the whole night. And then, like, Wednesday night, I preached it again for the whole night. So I figured it wasn't just for me. Maybe it's for y'all, too. So it, it's something slightly different than what we normally preach. But it's, I mean, it's, a, it's, an, important, it's an important message, I think. And, it, and it's, no matter how you title it, the word obedient comes back into play, Right? Because, listen, we can hear God's Word, and we can and understand God's Word, and we can hear from God, and we can and walk our daily life. But if we're not obedient to what we're being taught, or what we're being told, or how we're being led, you can do everything right up until the point of not being obedient and still miss the mark. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not, we're not, there's no condemnation in this, right? I mean, Romans 8 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? I, I, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not pointing the fingers at anybody. Some of those people over there in the corner might get some stories told about them in a minute. But what we're just talking about being obedient, right? And the opportunity to be, to be obedient, we really have that opportunity every day. Day in and day out, we have the opportunity to be obedient and not obedient. And well, well let's... let's uh, go to the word um, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, and verse 24. And Jesus said, Therefore, who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain came down, and the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears the words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house upon the sand. And the rain came, and the streams rose, and the wind blew, and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. See, those two people that are being talked about in that parable are not believers and unbelievers. You see that? Because it, it didn't say, the one who doesn't hear my word. It says, the one who hears my word and puts them into practice is in one category, and the one who hears my words and doesn't put it into practice is in the other category. So if you're paying attention, right, those folks were all in church. I mean, everybody he was talking to was all of the church. It was the church. It was the ones who were being obedient to what God's word says and the ones who were not being obedient to what God's word says. It's not the ones that heard and didn't hear. That's a completely different category, right? But it's really hard for me to be obedient if I didn't hear the command to start off with. Right? If I don't know what it says or I don't know the command, then how can I be obedient? So the definition of the word obedient, 
And Keller laughed at me because I struggled spelling obedient this morning. I had a moment. I couldn't, I mean, I really had to like Google it, like to find out how do I spell obedient. Because that E in the front and that I before E in the middle had me all jacked up. I was objective and all kinds of other words were coming up, but obedient was difficult for me this morning. But obedient is to comply or the willingness to comply with orders or requests. And the second part of that um, definition is submissive to another's will. That's what being obedient is. So when we talk about being obedient as Christians, we really, um, I mean, in my world, that submissive to another's will really fits us best, right? Because we want to live our lives according to the will of God, right? When I'm not talking about being obedient to humans, although God says in Romans that no authority was made that he didn't create, right? So when we have people who are in authority over us, whether it's our boss or our parents or whatever, we're supposed to be obedient then too, right? We don't want to be disobedient. But we really, really, really have to strive to be obedient to God's word. And listen, there is a whole lot of do's and don'ts, right? I mean, if you read the New Testament or the Old Testament, there's bunches of do's and don'ts. And we're not going to talk necessarily about the do's and don'ts, might use a few as an example, but we, we want to just talk about the idea of how important it is to be obedient. Because sometimes we get ourselves in a whole lot of trouble when, you know, we could have just done it, right? So, so this week in my world, um, and I'm going to just, we're going we to tell the whole story. Caroline Savannah's playing ball, Caroline's pitching, Savannah's catching, right? And at practice, the catcher is called balls and strikes. So Caroline's pitching, ball's right on the edge of the plate, slightly off the plate just a little bit. Savannah calls it a ball. Does it again, a couple times, in and out. And Caroline is very upset that Savannah's not calling this ball a strike. And I told him, hey, look, in games, Savannah don't get to call balls and strikes. It really doesn't matter. But it kept bubbling up and bubbling up. And Savannah was very defensive over her position. Now, whether or not her position is right or wrong, does not matter to the story at all. Does not. Whether because I don't know where the pitch was, whether it was two balls off the plate or three or four or five. But Savannah would not take the so in comes Philip, and Philip tells Savannah, as a catcher, hey, you have to take care of your pitchers, right? Your your most important person on the field is your pitcher. And Savannah goes on this rant about how she wasn't wrong, that ball was not on the plate, and she's not calling balls strikes. If they're not strikes, they're not strikes. <clears throat> and I told Savannah, and it turned into this big ordeal. If she'd have just said the words, yes, sir, the conversation would have ended. We'd have went to something else. Nobody would have been offended. Nobody would have been upset. Nothing would have happened. But Savannah refused to say the words, yes, sir, and adamantly defended her position. And I wonder how many times we were in a position with God to where he's trying to correct us. And you go, but you don't understand. I did what I was supposed to do. I don't have to not be offended. I was right and they were wrong. And God says, but you should apologize anyway. You should forgive them anyway. But you should do it anyway. But you don't understand. I, don't, I was right. I know I was right. That ball was two balls off the plate. It was not a strike. I was right. No, no, I get it. I understand. But the words, yes, sir, and being obedient, bail us out of a whole lot of situations that we're in in our lives. Does it taste good to say I'm sorry? No. Does it taste good to say I'm wrong? Absolutely not. 
Do sometimes, is it necessary for us to do that, to be adults and move forward and get better? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So when we're obedient, especially to the will of God, sometimes we do stuff that we're not happy about. Me and Dr. Bill were talking in the lobby earlier. You can get your feelings hurt whether you're right or wrong pretty easy. People get their feelings hurt all the time or or offended or upset or, or put off. And whether or not you right or wrong really has no bearing on the situation. But when we're in a situation where we need to be, we need to give people forgiveness or grace or kindness or love, being obedient to what God's word says, right? And that, that we are going to do our best to not quarrel with one another, that we're going to live our lives according to love, right? And that grace, because what we do is a lot of times we want to What's Jesus say? That we want to talk about the speck in our brother's eye while we got a two by four sticking out of our eye. See, we get into that situation where we're not very obedient. So let's go do my next scripture. Um, man, my little book, I'm on my last page. When I started teaching um, a long time ago, in 2010, I started teaching home group. I wrote on the first page. And actually, if, and I don't know if y'all have heard this little story or not, but I bought this. Crystal and I went to um, Philadelphia, and we went in and out of where the Liberty Bell was and all the stuff. And so it's really neat. If you've never been up there, it's pretty crazy. Although they blow the horn and shoot you the bird in a hurry. Just, just go ahead and get used to it. That's normal talk up there. But anyway, I bought this little book, and I kept it for, I don't know, a couple years without writing in it. And then when I finally, Granddaddy came to me and said, hey, I want you to lead a home group. I said, ooh, I know what I'm going to do with my book. I'm going to keep every lesson written down in my book. Well, it's 177 pages, and I write about three or four lessons in a page. It's full. So now i got to find me another book. Anyway, back on subject. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For war... For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. For the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets it up against the knowledge of God. We take captive to every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So... Well, we might as well read 6 too. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So when we tear down strongholds in our lives, what we're doing is, is we're removing the girl. All right, so a little bit of tech, right? We're removing the world's operating system out of our brain and putting God's operating system in, right? And so like in Romans 12 where we renew our mind, we constantly upgrade into God's word. When we tear down everything that's disobedient to the word of God, whether it's our attitude or how we act or how we walk or how we talk or how we do business or how we carry ourselves, everything that's disobedient to the word of God is harmful to Christians, right? So our goal is that we live in this world, but we don't fight like this world fights, right? We fight against principalities and powers and rulers of the dark in high places. So when we're obedient to God's word... We start to remove those parts of our life out of us. And one of the things that's really hard to talk about, man, it's really hard to talk about because it hurts me. That old saying, it hurts me more than it hurts you. When, 
when you start talking about tearing down strongholds, a stronghold that grows in us, well, let me rephrase that, a stronghold that grows in me, that is one that is hard to see sometimes, is the stronghold of pride. And sometimes, a lot of times, that we are too proud to admit that we're wrong, too proud to admit that we did something we shouldn't have done, too proud to say I'm sorry, and too proud to be obedient to what God's Word says. Why? Because somebody might think I'm weak, or somebody might think that, you know, well, I showed them. Look, there is no winner and loser in this. We are either obedient to what God's Word says, or disobedient to what God's Word says. When, when the lady was found committing adultery and they brought her to Jesus and he said those without sin you cast the first stone go ahead you'll knock yourself out he turned around and started drawing in the dirt there's no win and lose in that there was nobody in that situation that said that that woman didn't do what she was she wasn't supposed to do Jesus didn't defend her he just put it in perspective where if you're so obedient in God's word that you live without sin then go ahead and stone her and get after it See, that's the world we live in, that we, we have this idea that we're better than somebody else, that we're more obedient than somebody else is, and we put ourselves in a very prideful situation. And what's the Bible say? Right before the fall, there's what? Pride. And pride is a difficult thing to, be, to come under um, control with. Because why? Because, you know, you want to be proud of your kids and your job and your spouse and your yard and your vehicle and, you know, your knowledge, right? I studied hard. You know, the proudest I want to be is I lost a lot of weight. I want to be proud of that. I'm not right now because I haven't, but I would like to be. But, but when we work on the obedience of what God's Word says, there's a whole lot of things that are happening. And we talk about them all the time. Of being led by the Spirit, to knowing what God's Word says, to being called according to our purpose. All of those things that the Bible says that we're supposed to do, that we're supposed to live in harmony with all of our fellow believers. <clears throat> it's all easy to hear. It's difficult to do. It's difficult to do. It's difficult to live obedient to God's word day in and day out, which is why Jesus had to die on the cross for us. Because the Jews tried to live obedient to the law and failed miserably over and over and over and over and over. We are not perfect. We are not built to be perfect. <coughs> All right, so let's go to... Um, I'm out of order. It's okay. Uh, I think Romans... I know Romans, I think five. Yes, Romans five. And, 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 and you know, Paul, in, in the book of Romans, he argues both sides of the argument for a long time, right? He plays what you call the devil's advocate, right? He gives you the other side of the conversation. So, but in, in, in Romans, um, in, in, in chapter five, he talks about, in verse 6, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. Right? That's verse 6 and 7. But if you go to, um, in, in the next four paragraphs, he talks about 
how man fell under the, the law of sin and death because Adam had sinned and how Jesus had come to redeem us from that. So verse 18, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification in life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man that we were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man that many will be made righteous. Right? So Adam was not obedient to what God said in front of him. I mean, you know, Adam walked with God in the, in the afternoon. I mean, he couldn't have been any closer to God. He came here. There was no sin in the world. <coughs> Everything was created. It was a beautiful, lush garden. And you think, man, if I'd have been Adam and I'd had an opportunity to be in the garden, I'd have never sinned. No, I don't think so. See, man fell short. And so when the disobedience happened in the garden, because the blood is passed down from father to child, the sin was in the, which it doesn't matter, she sinned too, but the sin is continually passed down from generation to generation to generation. The disobedience was passed down from just generation to generation. But when Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit with Mary, that he became blameless and without sin. And because of his obedience, <clears throat> and look, he, he, he was in a bunch of situations to where it had been real easy to be disobedient. When he was tempted, when he was mocked, when he was beaten, when he was flogged, when he was hung on the cross, there are lots of opportunities to where you can put yourself in the situation, and I'm going to challenge you. If you can put yourself in the situation that Christ was in, and you can look at yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, I'd have done that too. You come up later, and I'll pray for you, and we'll get rid of that lying spirit, because the idea of taking a beating for somebody else is a pretty tall task. The idea of taking a beating, I mean, a, a beating, we say beating, spanking, for, for let, let's just say, let's say that Becca could take a spanking, spanking and keep Brooklyn from being in trouble. Becca, you taking that spanking? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But we're not talking about a spanking in this situation. We're talking about being flogged with the cat of nine tails that had bone and glass and leather straps that ripped the meat off of his flesh. There was an opportunity here for him to be disobedient and go, you know what, I thought about this, I don't want to play no more. When they spit on him, when they crowned the, jammed the crown of thorns in his head, he was obedient through that. And you say, well, you know, I want to be obedient to God and I want to do what's right. But the instant something doesn't go our way, we get all upset and belligerent and proud and mad and disappointed. And it might, it might just be me. I might be the one as soon as something goes wrong that I get mad and upset and disappointed. God, I thought we were doing something here. We're supposed to grow this church. You know, I mean, I don't know what y'all worry about. I mean, you know, I'm just talking about flesh. But then when it comes back to it, when we're obedient and we do what God says, right? That's not my will. I, I, will, I will guarantee you I don't get up here and preach my will. I don't want to. <clears throat> it would be a very short sermon. I, I, don't, I don't know. We, we, we wouldn't be doing all that great. 
I mean, the only thing I feel like I know anything about is softball, and I don't know a whole lot about that. That and killing turkeys in the moment, I mean, that's what we're at. But God's will is to, for us to be grow and nurture and develop and become more obedient to his will, right? To get us, we don't want to be babies. We talked about that the other day, right? We don't want to still be drinking milk. We want to eat meat. We want to be the leaders in the spiritual world. We want to develop and be who God wants us to be. But we can't do that if we're willing to be disobedient. And you go, well, what do you mean willing to be disobedient? Well, God gave us a free will. We have our choice. We have our choice to be obedient or disobedient. Uncle Chris used to have the choice to do what Granddaddy told him to do, and he inevitably chose to not do that. Like almost to a comical error that he intentionally decided he was not going to do what Granddaddy told him to do. He enjoyed being disciplined and being disobedient to an extent. Right? I mean, to dare Granddaddy. But we make those same choices to whether we're going to be obedient or disobedient. If somebody, if your parent tells you not to do something and you intentionally do it, you make that choice to be disobedient. But the same thing with God. If God says to study his word and renew our mind and develop and live in peace and live in harmony and give people grace and live in love and we choose not to, I'm sorry, but we're being disobedient. It's... It tastes bitter, I get it, but sometimes we have to eat vegetables too to make us better, right? It's not all mac and cheese, which I hate mac and cheese, but it's not all mac and cheese. That's all little kids want, chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. We, we passed the milk and the rice cereal, we, we had the chicken nuggets and mac and cheese, but I really need you to eat some vegetables too and some strong meat to where we can grow and grow in God's word and develop who we're supposed to be. But that takes a little bit of stuff on your part to be obedient to what God's word says. To be obedient when he puts something on you, be obedient. And, and then listen, you could say, well, I, I don't know. Well, then you need to listen harder. Because we have times where we have opportunities to be obedient or disobedient, and we don't always choose properly. Here again, might just be preaching to me, might not be none of y'all. Y'all just listen, I'll roast me for a little while. But the truth of the matter is, is the more obedient we are, and the closer we walk in God's will, and the closer we do what God tells us to do, all of a sudden... God's hand shows up, and we start seeing blessings and miracles and stuff start to go right. And you go, oh, man, look at me. I'm doing good. We ain't got nothing to do with you. You have a choice to be obedient or disobedient. And when you make the right choice, good things happen. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform it. So all of those blessings and all of the stuff that we have, we have to be obedient. All right. Um, Second John. Deep, 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 back in the back. Heard a joke this week that said, um, you're probably not even a very good Christian. Um, name four books of the Bible in the New Testament. And the guy said, well, that was easy. John, right? John. John, John 1, John 2, and John 3. There you go. I know all about the New Testament. Um, so Second John chapter 1, verse 4. It, <clears throat> it has given me great joy to find some of you some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us to do. And now, dear lady, I am writing you with a new command, but one we have from the beginning. And I ask you that we love one another, and this 
<clears throat> and this is love, that we walk in obedience of his commands. And as you have heard from the beginning, his commands is that we, you walk in love. So then we walk in love. That's what God told us to do. He said, Jesus said, you'll know that they're my disciples because they love each other. <clears throat> well, we, we want to be obedient to that, right? So do we... Man, Lord, I swear. Whoo, do we bellyache and backbite and talk trash about if somebody that you're in love with? I'm not talking about if you've been in love with them for 50 years and you've been living in the same house and how they chew annoys you. I'm not talking about that kind of love. I'm talking about when you when you're still fawning over them and the gleam is in your eye and you, you say their name and your face lights up and you smile, right? Right, Caroline? Right? That, that smile. That, that, see that smile? That's the kind of love I'm talking about. That, 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 that fresh, new, new car smell, you know, that, that kind of love. Because, see, when we're in that kind of love, when we're in God's kind of love, that, 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 that I love you no matter what. There's nothing you can do to make me not love you. There's nothing you can do that I won't forgive you for. There's nothing you can do to stop me from loving you. That kind of love. See, that's what Christian's love is supposed to look like. And when we're in be obedient and we walk in this love, We start to forgive people. We start to overlook stuff. We start to work harder for them. When we try to be better friends, better spouses, better employees, better children, better parents, right? That's the obedience we're talking about. Because it's easy to say, well, huh, I'm not going to that because they didn't come to mine. That's the old joke, Ray. I'm not coming to your funeral if you didn't come to my funeral. I mean, they didn't come to my funeral. I ain't no way I'm going to their funeral, right? I mean, that's how much sense we make. But when we're obedient to God and we really walk in our love, and we really walk in the grace and the love, because see, you go, well, well, I mean, I do. I mean, I'm a good Christian, right? Well, well while they were hanging Jesus on the cross and, and mocking him after they had beaten him and crammed the thorns in his head and getting ready to stab him with the spear, he said, forgive them, Father, because they don't know what they do. Because if you want to talk about love, that's what love looks like. That's the kind of love that we're supposed to be walking in. That's the kind of love we're supposed to be obedient to. And you go, well, I forgave them last time or two times ago, but the last time they did it on purpose. You don't know what she said to me. You don't know what they did to me. When we are obedient and we walk in God's word, we listen to the word of God and we develop those habits to start to look more like Jesus. Because that's what obedient looks like. Obedient, according to Romans 5, 19, said that Jesus was more obedient than Adam was, right? Because the disobedience of Adam condemned the world, but the obedience of Christ put us in a situation where righteousness came to everyone. So our job is to continue to show the world what obedience to God's will looks like. And that's walking in love and forgiveness and grace and no condemnation. And, and, and all of the other all of the other do's that it says, right? If you can't find enough do's, I, I can give you a bunch of do's. Go back and listen to some sermons. To be in a cheerful giver, right? To be an <clears throat> ambassador of Christ, right? To renew your mind. To walk worthy of your calling. There's lots of do's. But the don'ts are that we have to treat people with love. The way Jesus did. We, 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 we have to. 
We have to. If we're going to be obedient to God's word. And, and listen, this is not a half in, half out kind of situation. Christianity is not a, well, <clears throat> okay, I'll be a good giver and, and I'll be polite to people on Sunday morning and, and, and I will do my best to like them sometimes. That doesn't make you a very good Christian. Being a Christian and being obedient to God's will is that we walk in His will 24-7. Now that we fall down, sure, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about striving and knowingly, mindfully making a choice to be obedient to God's word. And you go, well, yeah, I, I kind of do that. No, 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 there's no kind. You, you, you can't kind of do this. We have to commit that we either we're going to be obedient to what God's word says Oh, we're not. It's your choice. You get to decide every day. Nobody can make you. I don't care how many times I fuss at Savannah about whether or not she called that ball on the plate or off the plate or nothing else. I cannot make her do anything she doesn't want to do. It's her choice. And you got to respect that. Because Savannah says, here's the problem. My character is on the line if I call that pitch a strike. And it's not a strike. And what Caroline says, I don't really care. I need to out, and I don't care what your character's got to do with it. But as we grow and develop, we have to be more obedient and more obedient and more obedient to whatever it is. And listen, God talks to you. Don't pretend like you don't. Jackson said, I knew something told me something was wrong with that go-kart. I knew something bad was getting ready to happen. And I got on it and drove it anyway. God talks to you. Be obedient. No, I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks at you. you, you you're still learning. Y'all, the rest of y'all, be obedient. When God talks to you, you have to understand what it is. Right? But you have a choice. You have a choice of whether we're going to be obedient and not obedient. That's it. It's easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to hear because sometimes we're in situations where we should have been obedient, but we weren't. Or I was kind of obedient. Well, I did it almost like that. It's not that kind of game. It's obedient or not obedient. And that's it. It's kind of simple, but it's very complex. So we have to strive to be more obedient, to line ourselves up with what God's word says. To tear down the things in our life that stop us from being obedient to God's word. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We pray that it will go out and it will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.